The Film Guide with Chris and Sam, part of the St. Albans podcast with Danny Smith. Hello there and welcome along to another episode of The Film Guide, the St. Albans Film Guide in fact. And here today, welcome back to local film fan Chris Aikman. Hi Chris. Hello Samantha Rolfe, how you doing? I'm doing okay, yes I will be your guide. Uh, no wait, I will be your host. <laughs> <laughs> I know how this works. Yeah. We've not <laughs> done this for years. No, no. And Chris, you will be our guide. I'm very excited. Me too. And for those, maybe this is your first episode, we will talk about, and Chris will guide us through, films that are new to the cinema. We will then go on to new to streaming, which was a lot more uh, prevalent back in the lockdown days. Yep. But there's still some bits and pieces coming out on Netflix and Prime Video, etc. Then in the third part, Chris has his own special section where he talks about films not in the English language. And we go all around the world uh, watching movies from many different places. And then finally, we will recommend you some films that are on free-to-air television. So shall we get started, Chris, on this the 9th of September 2022. What is out in the cinemas, please? So actually there's quite a few things out in the cinemas um, today. And we're going to start with a new slash, a Gen Z slasher horror film uh, called Bodies, 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 uh, directed by Helena Rhine. This is a film about a group of rich 20-somethings who plan a hurricane party at a remote family mansion. So a hurricane party, as far as I understand, is there's a hurricane forecast and people like, you know, bed down in some specific location and make a bit of a thing about it. Uh, so they're having this hurricane party and they decide to play a game called Bodies, 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 which is uh, just a sort of hide and seek kind of game. Someone's the murderer and you've got to, you know, they go around killing people and you've got to sort of stay away from them, but no one knows who they are. And this, of course, turns deadly. Uh, so it's it's um, stars Amanda Stenberg, uh, who you might know, know as Rue from the Hunger Games movies, uh, Maria Baklova, uh, Bakalova, sorry, who is she was Oscar nominated for her role in the second Borat movie, Best Supporting Actress, uh, and Rachel Sennett, uh, who was in uh, the lead in Sam, your favorite movie of last year, say. Shiver Baby. <laughs> I was like, I recognise this name and I don't know. Why. Oh, I do know why. Horror. Yep. Literal horror. Okay. And well, here so, she is again. Again, in, in another horror. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, there's also Pete Davison and Lee Pace. And yeah, it's about these, you know, 20-something Gen, Gen Zers, uh, you know, backstabbing quite literally and figuratively, fake friends and, you know, everything going very, very wrong. It looks like quite a good fu- quite good fun okay that does sound fun <laughs> <laughs> okay well i mean similarly it seems um crimes of the future is the next yes this is the latest uh david cronenberg film the the a master of sort of body horror the director of the fly and scanners and a history of violence and all manner of other things. He's had a very long career. Um, I think Scanners is on all four at the moment, if anyone hasn't seen it. 
Well, he also directed uh, Cosmopolis, which you saw at the cinema, and you were one of maybe like a, half a dozen people in the cinema, and some people walked out. Was that the case? Yeah, that's right. I think yeah, I think there was about ten to fifteen max in the cinema. It was you know, it's a bit of a weird time showing, and people were there for uh, what's his face? Who's in it? Robert Pattinson. Robert Robert Pattinson. That's it. And it was a very different movie to Harry Potter, <laughs> which is what I think people were expecting. I'm not sure if it was that pre-Twilight or post-Twilight. Oh, it doesn't matter. And um, yeah, I, it was the most walkouts I've ever seen. Like, I think there was only about four of us left at the yeah. end. It was, but I really liked the movie. I thought it was really good, personally. Well, exactly. So this played at um, the Cannes Film Festival and it's, it's well, I, I'll read a little blurb. It's, Humans adapt to a synthetic environment with new transformations and mutations. With his partner Caprice, Saul Tensor, celebrity performance artist, publicly showcases the metamorphosis of his organs in avant-garde performances. So I think this is along the same lines of sort of body horror, weird psychological... His son, David Cronenberg's son, actually directed... We watched... Um, it was either last year or the year before... Possessor? Do you remember that? Uh, about um, assassins who commit assassinations by basically going into the bodies of unsuspecting people and these unsuspecting people get done for the crime. Yes. Yeah, no, that was really good. And that that was, again, a lot of sort of gore and body horror stuff. Uh, this stars Viggo Mortensen, uh, Leah Seydoux and uh, Christian Stewart. And yes, it had a lot of mixed, you know, feelings after the Cannes Film Festival I think again some people walking out mm, um, okay so, sounds like my kind of thing <laughs> exactly uh, but a very different uh, film also out today um, in not so many cinemas but you, you might be able to find it is uh, The Score directed by Malachi Smith uh, who's, it's about two small time crooks who drive to a secluded uh, cafe for a big a big score um, and it stars Will Poulter and he is, I mean, he's been in so many things. He, from child actor to, um, well, adult actor. He's an adult now, and <laughs> he's um, what? Yes, uh, he's going to be um, making it big at some point soon. I think in Guardians of the Galaxy three, he's going to play Adam Warlock. Uh, he's in the Guardians of the Galaxy two, um, but he's a yeah, very good uh, actor and. Um, it also stars Johnny Flynn and Lydia Wilson. So it's a bit of a sort of um, crime comedy drama. Then you've got a film, a third in the series, uh, the, of the Tad the Lost Explorer series. And maybe it's just because, Sam, we're, we're childless adults that we don't know all these different series. I mean, uh, but this is the sure. We were first in line for the Lego movie, though, so... We were. We were one of maybe... In a packed cinema screening, we were maybe one of three couples who didn't have a child with us. I think that's a high estimation there. Yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> um, but we were like dead center in the middle of the uh, middle of the audience. There, that's great. No, but this is so. This is Tad the Lost Ex- uh, Lost Explorer and the Curse of the Mummy. Mm-mm. It's the third in the Tad series, um, in which Tad accidentally unleashes an ancient spell, endangering the lives of his friends. Uh, so he's got himself an adventure and put an end to the curse of the mummy. So go Tad. Okay. I mean, Rachel Vice, Brenda Fraser showing any? Not, not them. I'm afraid. Oh, sad. Not, not that mummy. Um, not that mummy. <laughs> not that mummy. 
not Arnold Vosloo and uh, whatever his oh, name well. is. Why can't I think of his name? What's the bad guy called in The Mummy? The Mummy? No, he's got an actual name. Um, nope. I've oh, only it, seen that movie like a thousand come, times. I'm, I'm just going to shout it at some point later in this pod. Um, All right. Well, stay tuned for that. Stay tuned, exactly. And finally, finally, finally in the cinemas, uh, we've got a, uh, a French movie uh, directed by the legendary Claire Denis, who uh, you may know for from... Uh, her films such as High Life, which came out uh, a few years back, also starred Rob Patterson. We talked about talked about him before, mm. um, and Juliette Binoche. Uh, she also directed Beau Travail, which is um, in 1999, which is considered one of the best films of the 90s. And so she's back with Both Sides of the Blade, also starring Juliette Binoche, uh, Vincent Lindon, and uh, Gregoire Collin, and. It's a a love triangle story about a woman caught between two men, her longtime partner, and his best friend, who is her former lover. Uh, so sounds pretty thrilling. Uh, pretty thrilling. And, and if I'd read out those names, I would have said Gregory Collin. So <laughs> I mean, I, to be fair, I don't know how his name was pronounced. I just I thought oh, no, go, I think go as French as you no, could. That was beautiful. I think you were on on the point on thank, on the money for sure. Thank you very much. Um, but yeah, uh, my French teacher teacher hated me. <laughs> <laughs> I was not good because you were going uh, Gregory Collin to yeah. Je m'appelle Sam. <laughs> I mean, to be fair to your own name, you can pronounce it. However, you do pronounce it. You don't have to go Jumabel Sam or Sam-er. anything like that. It's I think so. You, yeah. you just pronounce your own name how it's uh, you pronounce it in English. Okay. Anyway, we're sidetracked now. That's what's in the uh, cinemas this week. Excellent. And we said finally in the cinema, but actually, I'm sure there are many others coming out. You know, small releases. Check um, check your local listings. Exactly. You know, before you go, don't just rely on us. Yeah, um, you, I think you, there's also some places having a re-release of Jaws. Exactly, that's what I was going to say. You often get re-releases of older, popular classic movies that, you know, you might not have had the opportunity to see on the big screen and you get that opportunity to get that cinema experience. So check out your listings. Thank you, Chris. Let's move on to streaming. <laughs> All right, not that much going on on the streaming channels release-wise this week. We have one coming out on Netflix called End of the Road. Yes, this is described as a high-octane action thriller starring Queen Latifah and Chris Ludacris Bridges, uh, who may recognise as uh, Tej from the Fast and the Furious movies. Uh, so this is a cross-country road trip. becomes a highway to hell for Brenda and her family. Alone in the New Mexico desert, they have to fight for their lives when they become a target. They become the targets of a mysterious killer. Okay, so it says high ac- high octane action thriller. This sounds like more like a horror because there's no spies in this, so it can't be a thriller. <laughs> No, as as anyone with any uh, <laughs> any sense knows that thriller equals spies. Um, <laughs> if you don't, don't get that reference, uh, listen back. Uh, it was quite a few episodes ago now of ours, but um, we had the discussion: what's the difference between an action film and a thriller? What makes you know 
No, between a horror and a thriller. Well, we were trying to define... uh, Oh, that was it. Horror and thriller. Yes, Mm. no, you are correct. Yes. And what what is the difference between those? And (laughs) I put forward... (laughs) (laughs) I put forward the hypothesis that I'd read, which is that um, horror movies, the characters in it are having stuff done to them and they don't have any... Um, agency agency. they're just reacting constantly to having stuff done to them whereas in a thriller people have a certain amount of agency to try and unravel a mystery or you know you know whatever and Sam uh, posited that uh, thriller <laughs> equals spies so it was a deep thoughtful conversation <laughs> I want to say it was an April episode March April because it was around Easter time so uh, yeah, go back to the archives for that. I'm sure there are people listening back through all of our episodes repeatedly. Of course, of course. Um, but yes, so I mean, <laughs> you don't know though. You don't know if the mysterious killer in this film it, it could be a spy. Who they knows? Could be a spy, a spy hit person. Yes, we'd have exactly. to. We just have to watch, or maybe in in their part in Brenda's past, Ooh. was she a spy? Did she do anything like that? And that's why she's being targeted. That you see, you've turned it around, Chris. Thank you so yeah, much. We're gonna have to watch the movie to find out. Absolutely. Uh, right, but that, sure. that's that's the main release on on streaming on Netflix. Uh, so end of the road, which is out today. Perfect. Let's move on to where to next. Hi, I'm Matt Adams, the heart of the Hearts Advertiser for over ten years. Join me and host Danny Smith for St Albans Podcast a weekly look at the news, views and reviews of the city and district of St Albans. As well as our delve into the local stories that matter, we regularly cover topics including health, food and drink, legal matters, the theatre scene and mental health. Alongside our regular features, we talk to people from our wonderful community, sharing some of the amazing work they do. Episodes are released every Wednesday at 7pm and you can find us by going to your podcast platform of choice and searching for the St Albans Podcast. Find out more at stalbanspodcast.com. Okay, Chris, so we were in Germany this month. We were indeed. We hadn't done a, a German movie yet. And uh, I was I was looking uh, around to see what we could have. And then I came across In the Fade, which uh, came out in 2017 and stars Diane Kruger. Now, most people know Diane Kruger for her work in Hollywood. She... Sort of came to prominence in 2004 when she starred as Helen of Troy in Wolfgang Peterson's um, epic Troy. and But she's been in lots of other things since, uh, including uh, Quentin Tarantino's um, Inglorious Bastards, uh, where she played actress Bridget von Hammersmark. And but she's done lots of things. But this was her first uh, fully... German role. She she actually she was a model earlier in her career, but she'd moved away from Germany. She learned English quite quite early on in her life, and by the time she actually became an actor, she was living and working in uh, America. So she never actually um, did any German roles. She in Inglorious Bastards, her character speaks German. So that was her first bit where her first role where she actually had to speak some German. But this is her first fully. Uh, German role that she did and she plays Katja uh, who's um, who's 
uh, husband and son are uh, killed in an explosion. And it's uh, obviously very devastating and tragic. And it's sort of the film is partly about the investigation uh, into that and subsequent um, trial. Uh, and but also uh, her response to grief and sort of you know how we respond to these things basically. And when this film came out, uh, Diane Kruger won the Best Actress Award at the Cannes Film Festival, as well as the film winning the Best Foreign Language Film at the 2018 Golden Globes. So it was quite. It was also Germany's entry into the Oscars that year, but it didn't make the make the short list because films because uh, countries can only nominate one film for the uh film not in english language oscar oh. oh wow that that seems like i think it sort of makes sense in a way yeah. it's, so it, it balances out it, it, it means that countries that produce quite a lot of films mm. like germany uh aren't massively over like they don't flood they're not flooding flood, they're not flooding the uh the system um, compared to like smaller nations that produce only one or two feature films a year. Yeah, I suppose that, that does seem fair. Or yes, fairer. Yeah. Fairer. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, obviously, Sam, you haven't said anything yet, but I would just say that uh, Diane Kruger is fantastic in this and carries the movie completely. I mean, she has some very good um, supporting char- uh, actors, but it is basically her film. She is. I'd be interested to see the percentage of time she's not on screen because it's basically her. She's, I would say, in every scene. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it's I don't fully think... from her point of view. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's not a, there's no scene that she's not in absolutely so yeah she's it's entire yeah like you say it's entirely from her point of view um and you said like oh how we deal with these things but like i think part of the point of the movie is that obviously thankfully there's only well not thankfully there's only a very small number of people that are affected by this kind of event yes and so I think it's spo- it was supposed to provide maybe some insight into the way that it affects people that are affected. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it. I, I suppose that's what all stories are for, really, isn't it? Like the, these are the experiences of experiences that you may never, and hopefully never, in some cases, experience. But here is the thing: this is the human experience. Yeah. Now, it, it film is interesting. So it's 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 not like a true life story, but it's based on uh, real events in a way. Uh, in that it was based on a bombing in Germany uh, in two thousand four in the Cologne, uh, which was committed by neo Nazis, and they detonated a nail bomb in a predominantly Turkish neighborhood um, in this case in in the in the true life case uh, didn't kill anyone quite a few people injured um, but no yeah. one and traumatic, luckily you know, I mean, traumatized was, forever but yes yeah. but but no one 
uh, killed, uh, mm. thankfully. And it's so it's based based on that because uh, you know Catcher's husband is um, Turkish, um, uh, Turkish German, and it's sort of targeted for for that reason. Um, the the film itself is like it, it's a it's a perfectly good film, perfectly well put together film. I think if it weren't for such a good central performance it would maybe be a bit more forgettable than it is. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I think, I mean, you've already said it. She she sort of carries it and there is a lot of weight in just the small of everything she says and everything she doesn't say. Every single moment provides you with that emotion and sense of feeling of, of the situation which, like you say, a lesser performance, you wouldn't have had that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's whole there's there's a scene in uh, a courtroom sort of partway through where there's we. I mean, presuming depending on how accurate it is, we learned a lot about the uh, you know the way German courts are set up. So that was interesting. But there's sort of there's her lawyer and another lawyer having basically an argument with her in the middle of the room, and the camera is on her face for like so although her her lawyer is in in shot um who i should say is uh, her lawyer's called danilo and she's a friend uh, he's a friend and her lawyer but he he's played by uh, dennis moshito and he's also very good um but it's her face sort of covers half the screen as well while he's sort of in the background her face is always in the foreground so you're always seeing how she's reacting to this conversation around her and all the yeah very small movements in her face and things like that and it's yeah very well done but like i said the the film itself is perfectly good and but um yeah without such a good performance maybe sort of more forgettable yeah but I mean, yeah, not no laughs a minute. <laughs> no, but it's... I still think definitely worth a watch because, like I say, it's not a kind of a story that you get to hear very often. And obviously, like you say, it's not based on entirely in, tr- in you know her p- specific story is not true, but like it's you, it could be any number of people that have been affected by by a terrorist bombing. And so, you know, those aren't the story. We don't get to hear about those people. We don't get to hear about the families afterwards. You might hear about it for 15 minutes or a few days or whatever in the news cycle, but after that, they get forgotten. Mm. So it's certainly something to to watch. And I I would recommend. So Yeah, I would recommend too. It's currently streaming on Mubi. That's how we watched it. And you did say afterwards... Um, for the next one, can we have a funnier film? Well, given that the one before this one was called The Sadness. <laughs> yes, and it was, quote, the most violent and depraved <laughs> horror movie of all time, or zombie movie of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we've, had, we've, we've had, like, RRR was a good good fun time. That was, uh, that was brilliant. I, I would, yeah, that was, that was an absolute... Okay, I'm going to... A rollicking I'm, laugh, that was. Actually, I'm going to do a quick quick rundown of some of the films we've had. Uh, tell me how funny they were. Uh, so, 
We had Les Miserables. <laughs> In the title, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Lamb. Oh, uh, no, not funny, but brilliant. Uh, air Conditioner. It had its moments. Uh, it's, it had its, sort mo- of, is... it's sort of more whimsical. and mm. um, Whimsical, yeah. yeah. So there were, yeah, there was some sort of darker comedy bits in there. That was, yeah, that was good. Uh, Atlantics? Uh, no. No. Uh, the Gangster, the Cop, the Devil. I, that had that had its, yeah. There had were a bit of dark humour in it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, Spirited Away? Maybe. Okay. Um, Baccarat? Uh, that one, that was the Braz- um, the Brazilian one. Brazilian yes. one, yeah. Uh, there was some laughs in that as yeah, well. Yeah, there was, there was, yeah, for sure. Uh, Yellow Cat? I think it was supposed to be funny in places, but... It didn't hit with us as a UK. I, I think some of it was cultural. English, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, West Bay Route. <laughs> okay. <laughs> By bust. Oh, that was no, not really. There's a lot of of angry shooting in that uh, one. There was a lot of angry shooting in that one. Um, the worst person in the world. Now that was that had some funny bits. It did, it did. It was also desperately sad in places. Yeah. Uh, it made me really question what I'm doing with my life. Um but anyway. R R R up there. R R R. Oh, it's three hours long, but it's so it great. Was anyway. Brilliant. Yeah. So yeah. you you asked me to find mm. something that was mm-hmm. a bit bit funnier and I, yes, I haven't I don't think I've got an out and out comedy. Uh but I have found something because we've mentioned before about wanting uh, i've wanted to pick a movie in a in a not in the english language but from a predominantly english-speaking nation so uh, i have one now all the way from canada Mm. and it's called babysitter and it came out this year it's also available on movie uh, and it is in french and so it's it's um yeah from canada but in french and it's a described as a comedy drama, so okay. there should be some funny bits in there. <laughs> it also clocks in at less than ninety minutes, which is, as I've gotten older, something I appreciate in a movie. <laughs> yeah, but so did Phone Booth, but it's it was the longest seventy five minutes of our life. <laughs> <laughs> you had thought about the movie forever, and then we were just looking, we were just going through some streaming service. You saw, you saw it there, and you were just like, "Oh, it's the longest movie I've ever seen in my life." Yeah. I haven't seen. I saw that at the cinema. I remember quite enjoying it. It's quite a good sort of neat premise of it's yeah. in real time. I mean, maybe I'm misremembering, but maybe because it was like, you know, it was like, oh, 75 minutes real time action, blah blah blah, and then it's like. You like you feel every minute because of the way they marketed it. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, okay. maybe. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I have. Like, I don't think I've seen it since it's been in the cinema. So sure. I can't well, that's, really. That's judge. all right. We can. Yeah, we can leave the phone <laughs> discussion to another day. But yes. Uh, so, Babysitter from Canada is available movie, and that is where we'll be going next. And last but not least, on this journey of ours with you, Chris, our guide, <laughs> yes. we will have a look at some films that are on free to air television this week, chosen by yourself for their excellence, 
excitement, interest, thrilling, spies, I don't know, stuff. <laughs> stuff, yeah. Things that people look for in a movie when they are hoping to spend a few hours out of this world and in an exciting fictional place. Well, anyway, let's start with <laughs> <laughs> let's start with tonight, Friday the 9th of September at 7 p.m. on BBC3 no less. It's back. Mm, it, is it is back indeed. BBC3 back on TV with The Incredibles. One of the best superhero movies of all time? Yeah, 100% up there. Number 1 actually, probably. Number all bold. Mm. Especially with Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse being a thing. Yeah, but this laid it, the path for that. Wait, I was about to say, isn't it interesting that of all the the superhero movies and everything like that, mm. a lot, of, a lot of which are you know very good, um, a lot of which are perfectly fine, some are terrible, <laughs> but yeah, that's just how films work, I suppose. Mm, yeah. Um, but two with a sort of good claim to being the best are animated mm. films. But then well, I, mean, I suppose you can do you can do so much more really with animated films. You can, and also a lot of you know that's the origin, isn't it? The comic book, true, or, true, is where superheroes were born. So, so if you haven't seen The Incredibles, uh, you should, and it's on at seven pm on BBC Three. But it's about the a family of superheroes who, after superheroes, basically become get made illegal so that they you know at one point they were everywhere saving lives they eventually then get made illegal and so mr incredible has to basically become an insurance salesman or something like that isn't yeah. he, he has uh, a, live a, a boring nine, life yeah. nine to five cubicle office job but then he's given a he's given the chance to don his uh spandex once again and go out saving lives and it's yeah just an incredibly fun uh, Pixar movie, um, and it's yeah, it's great. You should watch it. The Incredibles, BBC Three, the greater good. <laughs> <laughs> I am your wife. <laughs> the greatest good you're ever gonna get. Anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, watch it. plenty of times. Can quote. Yep. Right. Moving on to Saturday, the tenth of September. So tomorrow, if you're listening to this on Friday the ninth. <laughs> which hopefully you are so you yeah. get the full you mm. know full picture of the week of what's coming on out in the cinema etc we have on e4 at 6 20 p.m so yeah you're not up too late for this one but it's nice that's nope, nice nope, nope. uh we have 2019's little women yes this is greta gerwig's um little women and it's just fantastic you know it's i think because little women's book that i mean it's it's so enduring it was written in 1868 it's so enduringly popular that it gets made you know each generation kind of has their own version of little women mm-hmm. and i'd never see i hadn't read the book i'd never seen any other versions i think um our our introduction to this was Joey putting the book in the freezer in Friends, no? That, yes. That is one of the um, problems of it. Because it, it, 
it's pervasive. Plot, it's, well, yeah. it's also a plot spoiler. It is, yes. Um, Which, you know, we but, can either know, say it's, or it's not. A, like I said, <laughs> it's yes. a book from 1868. Like, you know, <laughs> it's I not go, like, oh, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, if we're spoiling Sixth Sense, we're spoiling Little Women. Yeah. So it's about the little women are Joe, Meg, Amy, and Beth. And it's just the story, it's told, there's sort of two timelines. Basically what Greta Gerwig did with this one is she mixed up the plot and she sort of split it into two separate timelines. There's a past timeline and there's a present timeline. Which, um, But they're also being sort of playing out kind of throughout the movie. In, yeah. at, at the same time yeah so going i think back and forth typically and in the book as well it's very linear it's their childhood and then it's their adulthood yes whereas yeah she's taking whereas those it starts with joe played by saoirse ronan as an adult yeah and then it sort of flashes back to their childhoods and then works from there yeah and it's incredibly effective. All the performances are great, especially um, I think Florence Pugh uh, she, as yeah, Amy. Yeah, she can take all the Oscars. So that's fine. She because because they're playing their childhood selves. Like it's you know, and these are obviously um, all women in their twenties, and in in Emma Watson's case, in their early thirties. And. Hey, <laughs> No well, shame. And, and then no, no shame. But there's like, and then, but they're still playing their sort of teenage selves. And Florence Pugh, Amy is is so convincing. Is both childhood Amy and mm-hmm. uh, adult Amy, and she plays such a wonderful, spoiled brat, basically. Yeah. Um. I mean, determined to screw with her sister, who she thinks isn't like. Not treating her right. And yeah, d- despite it being like the most minimal issue. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but that's childhood for you. Yeah. Um, screwing with your siblings. But it's just, it's it's a lovely film. It's beautifully made. Um, it's just great. Yeah. I think, like, regard with regards to Florence Pure as well, like, her back catalogue is like growing but still reasonably small and if you haven't mm. watched everything that she's been in run don't walk towards all those movies and sit and watch because she's going to be one of the greats oh yeah she's and so, same with Saoirse Ronan as well oh yeah 100% Saoirse Ronan is so disgustingly young <laughs> um she's she's been around forever yeah she's been nominated for four oscars uh, and she's 28 years old. Oh, damn. She was nominated for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress in Atonement, which came yeah. out 15 years ago. She, she was, was the 30... kid in that? She was the kid in Atonement, Oh, yes. my days. Okay. Wow. So, and she yeah, she's 28. It's disgusting. You should be ashamed, <laughs> Saoirse. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, let's not shame women. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm not shaming because she's a woman. I'm shaming because she's young. <laughs> All right, let's not shame young people. They carry enough of that already for no reason. Okay, so yes, brilliant. I'm sure she's really going to take this to heart. She, she's our number one fan. She's our number one fan, Chris. Look, we love you, Sersha. I'm just, I'm just acting out of jealousy. 
Exactly. We think, you, we think you're great. Is a is a terrible curse. Yeah. Right. Sunday the 11th of September. Yeah. On ITV2. Yeah. At 6.15pm, we have Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Uh, yes, Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. Um, and, yeah, it was... We were talking about the, the quality of um, superhero movies uh, earlier, uh, saying there are some really good ones, there are some fine ones, and there are some less good ones. And a lot of the DC catalogue before Wonder Woman came under less good. And then Wonder Woman came out, it's like, well, this is good. And <laughs> people were a little bit surprised by it, um, based on what had previously ha- uh, come. Yeah. And then they made Wonder Woman 2, and uh... um, it reset it. But uh, no, Wonder Woman, it's set during World War One, and um, Wonder Woman learns that, you know, men are uh, trash. <laughs> yep, as a... She, she has the realisation that all women have uh, at some point in their lives. <laughs> she just has it a lot later. She's a lot older. Um, <laughs> well, she never met any men before. That's why. No, I know. Exactly. And uh, she, yeah, she, she lived in a paradise where there were no men. And, uh, yeah, it was great. Oh, well. So, yeah. But yeah. It's, uh, it's one of your favourite movies, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's a fantastic movie. It's one of them we can just put on in the background while you're doing bits and bobs around the house or whatever and yeah just have a great time yeah so, so if you want to experience that itv2 six fifteen on sunday that's right moving on to monday on film four at 11 a.m oh so uh early doors for this one if you're kicking around yes this is an alfred hitchcock movie it is indeed yes and uh, it's called vertigo Yes, um, which came out in 1958 and stars uh, James Stewart as a detective who has to retire um, from the live duty because he's uh, developed vertigo and acrophobia. Um, But he's then hired as a private investigator to follow a friend of his his, um, wife, played by Kim Novak, who's behaving strangely. Uh Uh-oh. Not them women behaving strangely. Yeah, women behaving strangely. She's probably just, like, gone for a walk or something. (laughs) Go watch out for that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, in in, um, 2012, uh, this actually, in in Sight and Sound magazine's um, critics poll of the greatest films ever made, this actually replaced uh, Citizen Kane as being the greatest film ever made, which made made some waves in 2012. It was for simpler times. I mean, we have a copy of this, and I have never seen it. Well, they, I have seen it. It was a long time ago, so I would like to watch it again. Because oh, we, we relatively recently watched Rear Window, which you'd never seen before. Absolutely. And I'd yeah. only seen years ago, and I thoroughly enjoyed that. And, I mean, uh, we'll, I know we're busy on Monday, Chris, so um, we'll just have to break out the DVD player and <laughs> yeah, stick it on, to, on there. Or, you know, if it's what are we on, film four, it's probably going to be on all four then in that case. So uh, Quite possibly. We'll be able so, to catch up that way as well. Yes, Vertigo, uh, Monday, film four, 11am. All right, moving on to Tuesday the 13th. Uh, also on film four at 9pm this time though, so uh, you can catch it after work. It's Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I don't think we need to spend that much time on this because it's such a well-known movie. But yeah, it's it's in Indiana Jones' first appearance, um, played by Harrison Ford. Uh, he's 
because there's a new indie movie, Indie 5, coming out at some point. Yeah, played by 102-year-old Harrison Ford. Uh-huh. Um, and hopefully it's better than the fourth one, which were crap. The one, I mean, I haven't seen it. And I don't know if this is a spoiler, so we can beep this out if it is. Is this the one where they go to space? No. What are you talking about? (laughs) I thought in that... Are you talking about Fast and Furious 8? No. That's a spoiler as well, isn't it? I don't know. (laughs) No, I swear in Indiana Jones, the fourth, they went to space? Okay, so no, I think you might be mistaking the fact that the uh, twist is that there are aliens. Ah. Okay. Indiana Jones 4 is the one where he survives a nuclear blast by hiding in a fridge. What? It's lead-lined. I'm really confused. It's the fifties. <laughs> no idea what's. I thought you just said there was aliens. And now it's a nuclear blast for some reason. Yeah, there's a nuclear blast at the beginning and aliens at the end. Keep up, Sam. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm glad there's a fifth one coming out. <laughs> yeah, but this is the the first and the best Raiders of the Lost Ark directed by Steven Spielberg. Film four, nine p.m. on Tuesday. Brilliant. All right. So moving to Wednesday. On the Paramount Network. Ooh, yes. We don't we don't see one on we don't have picks on here very often, so that's exciting. No. At nine PM, it's Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, uh, John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China, which came out in nineteen eighty six. It's a mm. fantasy martial arts comedy film, um, starring Kurt Russell, Kim Trowell, Kim Cattrall, Dennis Dunn, and James Hong. And it's it's a really interesting film because, the, so Kurt Russell is the star of it, uh, and he's on all the advertising and stuff. Uh, but he's like, he's the sidekick throughout the movie. Um, <laughs> yeah. The character played by Dennis Dunn is the is the like protagonist. He's the one that's actually doing stuff. But the the main character played by Kurt Russell who's a bit of an idiot, is a bit of a doofus, he kind of just locks himself into certain situations mm-hmm. and just... He is the side... He's a sidekick, but he doesn't know he's the sidekick. Right, Which exactly. is what makes the movie a fun time. He's a yeah. doofus that's just kind of along for the ride. And in any other situation, because he's played by Kurt Russell, he's sort <laughs> of, you know, he's handsome and he's sort of, you know, he ripped... He would be the the hero, but he's not. He's just kind of there, and it makes for some very funny situations. So yeah, I mean, that just reminded me of uh, Inspector Gadget, the original, where Inspector Gadget, like he's like the one who thinks he's solving all the crimes, but actually it's his niece yes. <laughs> and like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, kind of like that. Yeah, <laughs> which I always thought was funny as a kid. So. Yeah, and th- this is a good this is a good movie. I've seen it as well, so uh, would yes. recommend. Good because it's on a Wednesday at mm. uh, nine pm on Paramount Network. And finally, have we hit every day of the week? Here we have. We That's have indeed another rarity. So yeah, fabulous. So something for every day of the week this week. And so finally, on Thursday the fifteenth of September two thousand and twenty two, on BBC Four at nine pm, it's the Elephant Man. So that I, you know, I like to put in a movie that I've not actually seen yet, mm. sort of 
prompt myself to see it. And yes. I've not seen The Elephant Man, which came out in 1980 and is about, um, well, the eponymous um, uh, Elephant Man was Joseph Merrick, who was a, a man born with um, sort of se- severe deformities in, in the late Victorian period. And um, as a result, became a bit of a sort of celebrity at the time. Um, well, I mean, unfortunately, well, Fortunately, unfortunately, there's a massive debate around this. Um, but yeah, sort of the freak show culture. Yes, exactly. That was a big thing in the Victorian yeah. sort of period. Which, you know, obviously it's exploitative, but then those people were also making money in an autonomous way. But though, you know, not necessarily them themselves. Yeah, it's a... Yes. Yeah, it's, um, a, it, it's nuanced for sure. But it, it, this, the film is mostly about the relationship between uh, John Merrick and um, a doctor called Frederick Trevers, played by Anthony Hopkins, who actually um, sort of takes John from the the freak show sort of circus to actually work in a hospital and they actually become sort of closer and become friends. So... Um, but like I say, it, it, I have not seen it, and it is a classic. It was nominated for eight Oscars um, mm. when it when it first came out, and it's directed by David Lynch. Um, so you know, this is this is one to watch uh, on Thursday, the fifteenth of September, BBC Four at nine pm. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for that fantastic guidance through <laughs> the film world and the local area. Here on the St Albans Film Guide this week. Um, well, if you'd like to get in contact with us, with Chris specifically, regarding uh, perhaps any of the where to next films that he's picked or any of the films that we've talked about um, over the course of the pod, uh, this or previous episodes, of course, you can email chris at com, or if you'd wish to message myself sam uh, you can type in sam at com into the to field in your email app and uh get in contact and yeah tell us what you think about things um specifically films really but you know otherwise yeah, why mean, not <laughs> i think it's largely why we're here talk about films don't yeah. need to need to lower your opinions on other things yeah so that would be that would be lovely to hear from you and tune in next week where Danny and Max will be here as your host and guide. And Max has his section um, about action films that he has enjoyed. And they they talk deeply about uh, something with explosions and car chases, I guess. I don't know. Yep. Uh, depending on the movie, of course. Maybe both, if you're lucky. And <laughs> yeah, then we will be back the week after that where I will be your guide and chris will be here to host us so thank you so much for listening hope you are okay have a great week uh take care and speak to you again soon bye-bye